Uh, welcome all. Let me add my welcome uh, to you uh, this evening. Welcome to Town Church uh, Online. Those of you on Zoom, great to see you. But those of you also um, listening to the live streaming service, uh, it's good to be here. Look, uh, I'm looking out of my window. At, it's not too picturesque in Vista, uh, but it's a nice evening and it's quite calm and quite relaxed. And here we are at the end of what is the greatest day for every and any Christian. The greatest day because we celebrate the resurrection uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope you've had uh, a cracking day. We've loved it as a family in the garden. Um, thinking about Easter, enjoying uh, chocolate, of course, but also having uh, lamb together. We had a roast uh, and we smile. We put some songs on and we talked about the effect of the resurrection. Uh, let's go. We're going to be 20 minutes uh, and we're just going to think about some of the, the implications uh, of the resurrection. Here's, here's the summer series uh, that we're currently in. We're at the end of it, uh, of course. Uh, and, um, and, and you've seen it if you've been with us uh, for this time. We're looking at the cross. We're looking at the different aspects of the cross. We're looking at the cross and what it achieved. And we're saying that it achieved many different things. Uh, the thing, the big thing uh, that the cross uh, achieved, of course, two things really, um, was that it was for God and for his glory to display his infinite worth and beauty. We said that that was the first thing in the first week. And then secondly, we said it's to bring us back to God so that we would see and savor his glory, his infinite worth and beauty, to bring us back to himself. And you remember right at the beginning of the series, we said there were three words that really summed up the achievement of the cross. Three words, him for me. That is the essence of the Christian faith. Him for me. That's what the cross achieved. He, his life, death for my life. That's the work of Jesus on the cross. We said that substitution is right at the heart of the Christian faith. And tonight we're going to have a little look at what the resurrection proves. Three things. I'm suggesting here's what the resurrection proves. So we've looked at the cross the whole way series, but tonight, this is what the resurrection proves. One, that Jesus is God's son. Two, that Jesus died to forgive sins. Three, proves that Jesus has defeated our deadly enemy, which is death. I'm going to have a look at a book uh, called 1 Corinthians, um, chapter 15. So Paul writes to the church in Corinth, uh, and he writes to a church where, do you know what, they're going through some troubled times, and there's a lot of argument, there's a lot of issues that need to be dealt with. And he's coming towards the end of his letter to the church in Corinth, and he's saying, hey, listen, in all of these things, remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is absolutely critical. So in all of this messing around and arguments and all these issues that you've got wrong, remember uh, the resurrection. Um, some of the words will appear uh, on the screen. Uh, here's, um, here's the first chunk. I'm just going to pick chunks from chapter 15 out. Verses 1 to 6. Let me read it. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you 
as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Here's number one. Here's what the resurrection of Jesus proves. It proves that Jesus is God's son. Two things in this passage. Two things. First of all, the scriptures. And secondly, eyewitnesses. You see, Paul is saying, listen, here's what I want to do. I want to remind you of the gospel because it's of this gospel that you've taken your stand. It's this gospel that you've, you've put your trust in. Don't forget it. With all the issues that are going on in the church, with all the issues that are going on in the world, all the issues that are going on out there, don't forget on what you stand on. You stand on the gospel. And do you remember what he said the gospel was? Jesus was buried, that Jesus, he died, he was buried, and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. According to the scriptures. According to what has been foretold. <laughs> Listen, at Town Church, we say that God's word is crucial. That God's word really, really matters. The God's word, the Bible, is, is, is actually his word. It's breathed out by his spirit, written down by human hand centuries ago. But it's, it's God's word. And the number of times the Old Testament prophesizes about a Messiah who will come and will rescue his people. And he will rescue by laying down his life. It was foretold. And so here's Paul and he's saying, listen, it's not new. This isn't kind of out the blue. It's not like, whoa, surprise, here's Jesus. <laughs> it's been foretold years ago, centuries ago. It's been foretold. That's why we can say tonight that the resurrection proves that Jesus is God's son, because the scriptures foretold it. And now it's come true. Jesus is alive. He is who he said he is. He, he is who he said he was the whole way through his life. Jesus is alive and the scriptures foretold. Jesus is God's son. And look, here's some more proof that the resurrection really happened. I mean, some of you might be thinking, yeah, that's all well and good. Um, all well and good. but. <laughs> I've got to struggle with God's word. I've got to struggle with it actually being God's word. How can I trust that that is God's word? Well, we're not going to dive into that tonight. It's not apologetic uh, of the Christian faith um, tonight, of God's word tonight. B but there's something really interesting here in 1 Corinthians 15. There's something really key of what Paul says matters. You see there in verse 5 and 6, he appeared to Peter, he appeared to the disciples, and then he appeared to 500 people. Appeared to Peter, that's Cephas, that's another name for Peter, and then to the 12, and then to 500 people. <laughs> Look, six times in the New Testament, 
people died and were raised back to life. Six times it's recorded in the New Testament. We've got the son of the widow of Nan. We've got Jairus's daughter. We've got Lazarus, probably the most familiar uh, with some of us. We've got people raised when Jesus was raised. We've got Dorcas and then we've got Eutychus in Acts. Six times people have been raised back to life. But do you know what? Each individual, each people group, they died a second time. It was there to prove that Jesus had the power. The first disciples had the power, but not Jesus. Not Jesus. Romans 6 verse 9 says this, For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. No, Jesus He died and was raised again. He didn't die, raised again, and then died again. Jesus died, was raised again, and he appeared to Peter, the 12, 500 people. Listen, the story goes of the preacher who on Easter morning, he took his stand in the pulpit And he said to his congregation, I am going to show you something that you will have never seen before. It will astound you. And he took a daffodil from a vase. And he crunched up the daffodil. Stuffed it into his mouth. Chewed it. Ate it. Gulped it down. Swallowed. Gone. And he turned to his people and says, right, imagine if you uh, walked out of the church now and you told a policeman exactly what had happened, what you'd seen. And the policeman said, no, 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 there's no chance that a preacher, uh, that someone in church would do such a thing. A little boy put up his hand uh, and he said, well, he would have to. He would have to believe us because there are lots of us And we saw it for ourselves. Look, in any court of law, the best evidence is what lawyers call direct evidence. And the best direct evidence would be that of eyewitnesses that saw Jesus actually die. Peter, the disciples, 500 other eyewitnesses. See, the resurrection proves that Jesus is God's son. The scriptures foretold it, and he's gone, and he has fulfilled the scriptures. And he appeared in his new resurrected body. He appeared to Peter, the disciples, and 500 people. There's evidence, and it proves that Jesus is the son of God. Oh, we could talk about evidence all night about how it stacks up. The the resurrection happened and the resurrection proves that Jesus is God's son. And there's so much of it. You know, I came across uh, a book uh, early on when I was looking at the Christian faith. Your verdict on the empty tomb. It's a great little read. Really helpful in looking at the evidence of the resurrection. If that's you this evening where you're going, I need evidence. Oh, listen, all this guy does, uh, look, he's a lawyer, and he set out to write a book to prove 
that the resurrection was fake, was made up. And he changed his mind halfway through because the evidence stacked uh, up for the resurrection. Check it out. It's a fabulous book. Hey, listen, secondly, the resurrection proves that Jesus did die to forgive sins. So it proves that Jesus is God's son and it proves that Jesus died to forgive sins. Look at these verses a little bit later on in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Do you get that? Do you get the importance of that? There is obviously some people within the church of Corinth saying, I can't even believe the resurrection. And Paul's saying, hey, listen, if you can't believe the resurrection, look, our preaching is useless. Our preaching has been absolutely in vain. And guess what? So is your faith. So is anything that you believe about Jesus. Throw it out the window if the resurrection did not happen. See what the resurrection is? The resurrection is a guarantee that the cross worked. Everything that we've been looking at in the cross in these weeks preceding today, all the different facets, all the different angles of what the cross achieved, all of those, all of those, you can throw them away if the resurrection didn't happen. The resurrection proves that all of those things at the cross did happen. They did take place and they achieved what they set out to achieve. Look, I know Christmas was a long time ago, but you know what? We've still got bottles of Buck's Fizz in our cupboard. Remember celebrating that on Christmas Day? Now, listen, we bought a stack of Buck's Fizz from uh, one supermarket in Bicester, and we bought some from another supermarket in Bicester. Uh, I won't let on which ones. You can probably guess. We tried to take some bottles back in vain did not work. Why? Because I bought the bottles and of course uh, I threw the receipts away. Of course we're going to drink that much Buck's Fizz on Christmas morning. Uh, I told myself, I told my wife, I told uh, one or two others. We got through about one bottle. I had 11 left. One shop, one supermarket, they said, um, listen, uh, we can't take them back, sorry. I didn't have the receipt. And so came back, tail between my legs, uh, owned up, sorry, uh, Kez. But then I found the receipt, joy of joys, found it. Uh, and I went back and I pleaded, I said, listen, look, here's the receipt. And you see the bottles I bought here at your supermarket. You know that these are the bottles that I bought. Uh, will you take them back? And with a bit of controversy over the whole situation, saying, oh, we don't, we don't let food supplies back after Christmas. Then the manager came in and my wife came in and uh, it was a big meeting in, uh, in the supermarket. Hey, there we go. Receipt really matters. What is a receipt? A receipt for a purchase. It's a guarantee that we bought these bottles here. See what the resurrection is about the cross? It's a guarantee that all of those things that we've been looking at in this series about the cross, that Christ is the slain lamb of God. It's true. Here's the guarantee. Here's the proof. When we looked at Christ as the liberator, he brings freedom. It's true. The resurrection is the guarantee. It's the receipt that says, done, deal. 
because Christ is alive. Jesus has forgiven your sins if you trust in him. No guilt in life. Jesus has forgiven your sins. The resurrection is absolute certainty that the cross of Christ worked. Look, two other verses that I think uh, are super helpful. Ephesians 1 verse 7, look at that. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. The resurrection smacks and goes, it's right. It's absolutely bob on. Look at John 3:36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. This is what the cross achieved. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. See what the cross did, another angle of the cross which we didn't look at. Jesus is the propitiator. Jesus is the one who stands in my place and takes the wrath of God so that I don't have to. You see that in John 3, 36. I have eternal life, but whoever rejects us and whoever does not believe in Jesus, that he took the wrath of God on his shoulders, well then they have God's wrath remaining on them. The resurrection proves that the wrath of God was on the shoulders of Jesus and not me. Oh, today is a wonderful day. A wonderful, wonderful day. Look, a famous preacher asked four questions. Is forgiveness necessary? Yes. Look at Jesus at the cross. Look what he went through. Is forgiveness possible, the preacher asked. Yes, look at Jesus on the cross. His bloodshed is God's pledge to us. Is forgiveness just? Yes, look at Jesus on the cross. God did not make light of sin. The judge allowed himself to be judged in our place. It's Jesus, him for me. And then the fourth question, is the forgiveness through Jesus sufficient to take away our sins? The answer is the resurrection. In the resurrection is yes, yes, yes. Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification. Done, dealt with. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, finally, let's move on quick. Look, the resurrection proves that Jesus is God's son. The resurrection proves that Jesus died to forgive sins. He actually did it. My sins have been forgiven. Wonderful joy. Thirdly, the resurrection proves Jesus has defeated our deadly enemy, which is death. The end of 1 Corinthians 15, 55, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're reading through the Chronicles of Narnia at the moment. The author, C.S. Lewis. Listen, C.S. Lewis was familiar with death when he was nine years old. His grandfather, uncle and mother died all in one year. He lost many friends in the First World War. And then his wife finally died of cancer. That's what C.S. Lewis says about death. There are, aren't there, only three things we can do about death. To desire it, to fear it, or to ignore it. The latter attitude 
is certainly the most common. See what C.S. Lewis says, desire death or face death. Get ready for death. Next, fear it, it's coming, and I'm scared, or ignore it. And he says, listen, the third one is what people usually do. Look what the Christian says about death. No, 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 no. I trust in Jesus now for my death. Because look, death has been swallowed up in the victory of Jesus, says Paul. Look, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Do you know, death is absolutely certain. Death is unpredictable. Death is ultimate. It is. We know it. What are the stats now? 10,000 people died just in the UK from coronavirus. 10,000 people. Death is all around. An old Puritan says that death, all the pieces of the chessboard of life, the king, the queen, the rook, the bishop, the knight and the pawn, they're swept into the same box. I think I was about 22 years old when death really hit me. Memory of Richie, Richie Jones. Uh, he played in the same football team as me at university. And uh, he was training. One night we were training, um, all happy uh, under the, uh, the Welsh Stars, a team in Wales. Uh, and, uh, and we said goodbyes and we headed home. Came in for the match on Saturday uh, and the news uh, filtered down through people in the dressing room. Richie Jones died last night. Uh, we're just getting news. He crashed his car, um, headed into a tree. Look, the boys carried his coffin um, a few weeks later uh, down uh, through the church to the funeral. I think it was the first time death really hit me. I've been to a few funerals since. And, and here's the thing, that death is a reality. I think that's when it really hits me. Death is certain. Uh, death is unpredictable. Death is ultimate. Here's my mate, John Carney, mate from university. Died a couple of years ago. I don't think he trusted in Jesus. Craig Cathy, uh, a lad from CIS internship. Trusted in Jesus. Rich Hegarty, a lad from Sports Plus, he trusted in Jesus. My mate Gordon Younger died of cancer very early. He trusted in Jesus. Jenny Marsh, girl from Sports Plus, she trusted in Jesus. Stephen Robin Oak, a policeman, who got shot. He trusted in Jesus. Howie Willis, a legend of Sports Plus, Christians in Sport, he trusted in Jesus. My nana, she trusted in Jesus. My mate's brother, Wako. I don't think he trusted in Jesus. Lovely Gwyneth from her old church in Oxford. She trusted in Jesus. See what the resurrection proves. Look, it simply says, who do you trust with your death? Who do you trust with your death? The Lord Jesus died. He rose again. If you trust in him, the old enemy has been defeated, that I will no longer die. Of course I will physically, but I'll be raised alive. I'll have eternal life. It's done. It's secure. It's certain. It's absolutely certain. 
What did the hymn writer say? No guilt in life, no fear in death. Then on the third break of dawn, the son of heaven rose again. O trample death, where is your sting? The angels roar for Christ the King. That's why we're going to sing now, all I have is Christ. Because the resurrection, it proves that Jesus is God's son. It's really him. It's him. The resurrection, it proves that Jesus died to forgive sins, yours and mine, if I trust in him. It's my greatest need, forgiveness of sins. The resurrection proves that it's happened. He didn't just die, and I hope for the best. He proves that he's forgiven my sins. And thirdly, the resurrection proves that Jesus has defeated our deadly enemy, which is death. That when I face death, I'm with him. And that is absolutely, absolute assurance and joy and we're celebrating today of all days.